You are listening to Motivating from the Six, episode 87, Masculinity and Marriage. You're going to love this one. An interview with Mr. Quest Green. Ooh, I'm excited. Let's go. Back to motivating from the six. This is a podcast that is intended to change your life. It's intended to motivate you. It's intended to inspire you. It's intended to have you stand up in your circumstances, no matter what you're going through in your life, and demand change for the better. I'm your host, Jeff Martin of JeffADMartin.com. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Today's episode, we have an absolutely amazing guest, uh, YouTuber, podcaster, Mr. Quest Green. I'm going to give you more about him in a second. But before we do that, I just want to say thank you. For all of you who have clicked play, for all of you who have downloaded, for all of you who have subscribed and left a five-star rating, or you intend to leave a five-star rating, I just got to say thank you so much from the bottom of my heart because I know that your time is valuable. And the mere fact you've taken just a snippet of your time to listen to one of these episodes, I just got to say thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. I am so grateful towards you. Again, today's episode, I have Mr. Quest Green. This man is so knowledgeable. I got to tell you, today's episode is an instant classic. He is a marriage coach. He is a podcaster. His podcast, you got to tune in. Go over to wherever you listen to this podcast. Go over and find his podcast. It's called Marriage Ain't for Suckers. The suckers ending with a Z. He also is a YouTuber. Go on YouTube and listen to his, his messaging. Again, his YouTube channel is Marriage Moments. Moments again with a Z. He is also the director of Thank God I'm Married with ETA, which is Eric Thomas and Associates. This man is doing it big. And I didn't even mention he's an author as well. Again, he is doing some great things and I'm so delighted and blessed to have him on the show today because he's going to bring you some amazing knowledge about masculinity and marriage and how those two can intertwine and how you can be a man and be able to be in a long lasting relationship, a happy relationship, a relationship that's going to bring you so much dividends because you pour into it, you're going to get so much out of it. So if you are a guy and you are married, if you're thinking about marriage, if you have a steady relationship, even if sometime in the future you want to get married, this is a great episode for you to listen to. And my ladies, you got to tune in as well because oftentimes you're trying to hear what is going on in the back of our minds as men. This is going to give you a bit of an insight about what's going on, some of the struggles that we men have in relationships, men have in marriages, and again, it's going to give you such an, an, an opportunity opportunity to learn from uh, about what men are going through. As we understand, men and women can speak different languages. I think all of us have figured that out at this point in time. So this episode for you ladies is going to give you an opportunity to kind of hear what's going on in the mind of men. I'm not going to hold you back from this special classic episode any longer. Please welcome my man, Mr. Quest Green. And welcome back to Motivating from the Six. We have an amazing, a fabulous guest on, Mr. Quest Green. Quest, how you doing, sir? Man, I can't, I can't complain one bit. Not one bit. Yep. Oh, man, amazing. Listen, I got to tell you this. There's a saying that says that somewhere in the world, someone is praying for you, and yeah. you don't even know about it. Oh, and yeah, I no say, problem. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I really have to say, one of those people uh, for you who's been praying for you is me. Oh, um, man. I, I've been following you for a while and some of the things you're doing with your marriage uh, counseling and, and, you know, I'll, I'll go through what you, what you actually, what you're doing. So you are a marriage coach. You yep. are the director of thank God I'm married with ET Eric Thomas and associates mm-hmm. who are co-hosts with mm-hmm. um, podcast marriage ain't for suckers, which is an amazing mm-hmm. podcast. Oh man. Praise God. 
you are the host of uh, YouTube videos, Marriage mm -hmm. Moments. Mm -hmm. you, you're mm -hmm. also an author, including mm -hmm. a book that I have sitting on my shelf, 12 Shades <laughs> of Man. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. <laughs> and, and, and I just got to say, I've been praying for you because you've been doing some amazing things. Mm, praise God for you, man. Oh, man. Much appreciated. Mm -hmm. Please share with everybody where you started, your oh, path, and how you got to where you are, and why are you so... Why are you such an advocate for marriage? Well, uh, first part of your question, how I got started, um, I'll just go back to, the, you know, the, the, just coming into existence. Uh, a child of West Indian upbringing. Jamaican. <laughs> I meant to bring that up too. Jamaican, yes. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. You know, so big up the world of the Jamaican them all over the place. You know what you I'm saying? No, you don't know. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, and uh, both of my mother's from Jamaica. She's from Saint, the parish of St. Anne's. My father's from St. Catherine. You know what I'm saying? Big up the world yeah. of Yurton. Yeah. Um, and so uh, they, uh, I was born in Brooklyn. Um, and I was raised in Jamaica a little bit for a little while when I was uh, young. But um, uh, they, they got divorced, long story short, when I was in the second grade. And um, that had that divorce had profound effects, effects that I didn't front, um, but I would realize later on, um, you know, you, you, you got to. And then on top of that, when my mother left, uh, my father actually joined the Air Force uh, when I was like leaving the first. He went down to Fort Worth, Texas, where he had been from then up until this very day. Um, and. Uh, when they got divorced, of course, we moved down there. So I went down there to school for about a year. When they got divorced, I ended up coming back to New York with my mom. We were uh, living in Brooklyn. We ended up moving to Queens. Um, and we were living, uh, all of us were in one house. Uh, you know, the houses in Queens at that time where, you know, you have upstairs and then you have downstairs and then you family upstairs and a duplex, but our house wasn't a duplex. We just had an upstairs and a downstairs. My okay. family lived downstairs. My grandmother was upstairs and there was five women in the house and I was the only male. Wow. It was my wow. mother, my grandmother, <laughs> my two aunts and my sister. And then there was me. And wow. that dynamic was, uh, you know, I, I was pretty much raised by a whole bunch of uh, women in the beginning of the game. But it was kind of, you, you know, for a young man who don't have, I, I mean, and I had access to my father during the summertime. But two months is nothing compared to 10 months left throughout the year. You know what I'm saying? There's a whole lot of life going on the rest of the year. And sometimes you want to put your hand on your father. You want to touch him. You want to see him. And not that he didn't want to be around. He just couldn't because demo, from a demographics two different places mm -hmm. um so that divorce pretty rocked me throughout my life man um and i didn't even notice it i it it, it would be, become uh evident to me in ways later on as you grow and you mature and you see different things and you start analyzing self-assessing all of those different things because i didn't start self-assessing until i was well off into my adult years okay um and so um because of that you know what brought me now you're asking what brought me to this thing called marriage um not only did my parents get divorced, but I suffered a divorce. Mm. Um, I got married in 2003 and by 2005, I was divorced. Um, and I was divorced for a number of different reasons. Number one, I just wasn't ready for marriage. Okay. Um, I, can, I can sit here and tell you, oh, what she did and all of that. Because, you know, that's, there's always his side, her side, and then the truth. You know what I'm saying? Um, or his truth, her truth, and then the truth. Absolutely. And um, I, I, I try you know, as I move through this, this stage of life to make sure that I line up my truth with the truth. And the truth was that I wasn't ready for marriage. I didn't have core values or I had core values. They just weren't the kind of values that were conducive to what I wanted in terms of an end goal. And um, so um, I, I, I guess I kind of, uh, I didn't, yeah, I, I, I used to be an IT professional. <laughs> and God told me, yeah, like, uh, I didn't, I didn't create you to put you behind anybody's desk. You know what I'm saying? So, um, long story short, I, you know, on the last and on the tail end of my, uh, IT career, um, I was working for Microsoft making some sweet money and, uh, God told me to leave the job. And I was like, okay, you must be crazy. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm, I, you, yeah, we, we're finally at a place now where we're doing all right. Everything. You no, know, I told you to leave. Yeah, that, that's not where I, um, and funny enough, I was in school at the time, finishing up a degree. And I remember um, it was in 2008 when I told E, 
I was like, E, I'm going back to school. He said, bro, you might as well go. You know what I'm saying? The next couple of years going to pass you by. You might as well be productive and do something, right? And so I went back to school. Um, and the funny thing is I went for a CIS degree and ended up switching to a communications degree, right? And okay. I was going the route of radio personality. I was going in that direction. And God kind of switched things up for a minute. And I don't know if I necessarily chose marriage, Jay, but I think marriage chose me. Wow. Or, you know what I'm saying? Wow. Two, I graduated with the degree and I was like, okay, God, now, now what? Mm-hmm. Uh, about a month and a half later, E and CJ called me on the phone. And I was like, okay, the both of y'all on the phone, what's good? You know what I'm saying? Like, something's up. <laughs> something's up. What's really good? And then uh, they said, listen, we want you to run. Thank God I'm married. We've seen the work you've been doing. And we just want you to yep, go ahead and take it on. That's your baby. And that's how we got here. And that's one of the reasons I believe I'm an advocate for marriage, because I know the mistakes that I made. I know um, what it takes to have a good marriage. And I'm not telling you that I'm perfect. Mm-hmm. We're still learning. Like, I, I think marriage is one of those things those institutions that you enter into that you never graduate from. Right. So that's where I am right now. Constantly learning, constantly evolving, constantly self-assessing and seeing what I can do better to be an asset to my wife and not a liability. Yeah. Oh man. Beautiful. Beautiful. And just to clarify what you said there, you mentioned E and CJ. For those of you who are listening and don't know who they are, E is Eric Thomas, the number one motivational speaker in the world. And CJ is his man who helps to run the organization as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just to clarify for those who are listening. But, Mm -hmm. you know, I got to tell you, on all the platforms that we spoke about that you were involved with, with your, with your, um, speaking and and youtube clips and and being an author and such you're always very open and honest about your marriage about your relationships Mm -hmm. and going back to something you mentioned a while ago um, Mm -hmm. uh, in in the book you had mentioned about losing your virginity at a young age oh yeah and you know i I want to talk about that because you also talk about being addicted and not even knowing it not even realizing it oh yeah and I, i want to touch on that because men and particularly black men, mm-hmm. society has a, a view of us of being over-sexualized. Oh, yeah. You know, you know, it's, it's you know, whether it's the dude on TV with his shirt off or oh, yeah. black man being a player or a pimp. Oh, and yeah. these are the messages that our children, I know you got young kids. I know you got a son. Mm-hmm. I got three sons as well. There's messages that are being given to them, you know, as much as we try to combat it as parents. Yeah. And, you know, I, what I want to know is how do we guide our children to understand that that's not the path for them. Like society might tell you that's your path, but that's not the path for you. If you're looking to eventually get to a healthy marriage, you really have to follow a certain path. How do we teach our children that? Um, I'm going to be honest with you. One of the first things that I do is I teach my children or try to teach them not to, not to live in their emotions or not to, not to, as they say, be in your feelings. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Um, my daughter, man, she's 16 years old, and wow, she is in her feelings sometimes. <laughs> and to steer her away from that, because what feelings will do will cause you to make decisions that are not conducive, like I said, to what you want in terms of an end goal or where you want to be in this life. And it comes across in the music that they listen to. Like the other day, I heard her listen to LMA, and I, I halfway like LMA and she's walking through, I'm keeping my feelings on safety. You know what I'm saying? That kind of thing. You know what I'm saying? And rolling through that booed up. You know what I'm saying? Like, like for real, trust me, you don't want to be booed up. You want to be with somebody who is going to be down with you for the rest of your life. Like for real, causing you to grow, pushing. That's what you want. Um, and I try to teach them that like for real feelings, if you feel bad, if you're feeling emotional, if you're feeling like, and you have to make a decision out of that, chances are that decision isn't going to be good. But it's the same on the other side of the fence as well. If you're feeling good, you shouldn't even make a decision out of feeling good either because just because you can do something doesn't mean that you should do something. You know what I mean? So I think one of the things for, for me as I've raised my children, even with, my, 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 with Nico and with Mason, even when I'm raising them because they're six and two, they have a way sometimes they'll, they'll, and then they'll act out of that. Like, okay, good. Let me, let me, let me just teach, say, you know, Nico did it as, as, as recently as this morning. Okay. Uh, something didn't go the right, the way that he wanted it to. And so he started stomping around the house and kind of with this, 
and I'm I'm just kind of to the point where he was kind of getting a little borderline disrespectful with his mother, and I had to pull him to the side and say, "Listen, I understand that you're angry, right? But there's unacceptable and unacceptable behavior in connection with your feelings. You can feel angry. I'm not telling you that you can't get mad. You can, but how you express that." Mm. Or how you deal with the situation itself as it relates to that is something totally different. So I think one of the things that I teach for them is, like, for real, how to be objective, if you will, mm. right? Know that I'm angry about this, but just because I'm angry about this, it doesn't what my response is going to be throughout the rest of the day. So, yeah, man. And, 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 and shelter, I shouldn't say shelter because that's a bad word. Um, educating them on what as they you know matriculate through the ages and through the different phases of life um educate them on what it is what love is what relationship is what they see on tv is because you're going to see it all the time i mean we're inundated with it now we you are yeah i mean it, a car commercial and you know what i'm saying they're in the snow and she's walking across in a bikini in the snow like for real <laughs> to sell yeah, a car crazy. like what bikini and car i, I don't know but right. yeah you know what I'm yeah, and they're doing that obviously to sell the the, the product, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. But it's always there's always a hidden message about sex. And again, oh. it's kind of going back to to what I had mentioned. You know, mm-hmm. we grow up in a certain circumstances where the messages about us tell us uh, that we are over sexualized. And again, mm-hmm. you know, kind of reading your story and how you grew up and what you went through, and you were kind of a player at one point. I think is is the way it was kind of described in the book. And I could say that there's times in my life I've kind of done that as well. But again, raising boys, Mm -hmm. um, how do we teach them that even though there's certain things we did, Mm -hmm. they don't necessarily have to do that. Like Mm -hmm. there's, there's, you know, daddy did certain things, but that was wrong. You know, how do we teach them to not do what we did? I guess essentially is what I'm kind of asking. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I, I want them to understand the difference between quantity and quality mm. you, you know what i mean things that i, I i'll do is i'll uh, when you know that nico's going to be the first one that i deal with of course because he's the older boy um is to teach him uh how to respect himself first and foremost don't dish your body you know what i'm saying like it, we we used to have a term me and my partners back in the day like you know in terms of you know messing with you know what because men are very visual what we thought was a, a dime or you know what we felt was a nickel you know what i'm saying like <laughs> absolutely and we used to say don't diss you you know what i'm saying but it, it really and truly we didn't even know what we were saying in the in, in the grand scheme of things and now i'm teaching them now like for real don't diss your body your mm-hmm. body is the temple of the most high God. Like for real. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like for real, of the Holy Spirit. Don't, don't diss your body. You know what I'm saying? Like don't, don't share pieces with, of yourself with other people, what you have from that aspect, right? To the point where the person that who's going to make the commitment to you to be with you for life. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like they get the left. Like, yeah, and I'm going to be, a lot of the things parents don't do is they want to tell their, their kids, don't do this, don't do this. But they're not honest about what they did, what they reaped because of what they planted. Mm. And then, you, you, you know what I'm saying? And Absolutely. so I want to be honest with him about the mistakes that I've made, what I got because of those mistakes, mm. and then what I got because I started making good decisions and show them like, which one do you want? You make the choice. And I know already, I want this. Okay, well, if you want this, there's some things that you're going to have to do that are conducive with this. You don't plant orange seeds and get an apple tree. Right. So, so you're going to have to do and and carry out the behaviors that are conducive to what you want in terms of the end. You heard me say before the difference between quality and quantity. What makes you a man is not how many chicks you knock down. Right. What makes you a man is how disciplined you are in saying, uh, yep, I, 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 I like you. I have these five core values. You meet with four and I'm sorry, but I'm not going to compromise my core values for relationship. Mm-hmm. Now you can have friends as long as the day is respect yourself. Respect the person that you decide to be with. And if you decide to make a lifelong commitment to them, then do that. Make the commitment. And when you make that commitment, which is, of course, marriage, right? Marriage requires love. Love requires commitment. And commitment requires abandoning all exit strategies. So I think that's the route that I would go with them. Oh, amazing. I love it. And of course, we're just talking about young boys becoming men. But 
you know, of course, women, you know, take heed to that information as well, because that's what it comes down to. You have to have your core values and stick with those. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I, they, they shouldn't. The core values part of it, Jay, is so is so is so crucial. If I could get young people to understand, like not living in your feelings, mm -hmm. right? If I could get them to understand if these are the things that you say are important to you. And my daughter said the other day, uh, communication is important to me. I was like, is it really? Because <laughs> I can think of a couple of times where I, you did something and I wanted to talk about it so we can work our way through it. And you didn't want to talk about it. Uh, so is, communica is communication a core value of yours? Because if it is, when the opportunity comes, like for real, you'll, you'll engage it. Why? Even if it's difficult. Um, and that's one thing I want to get them to understand too. Sometimes it's going to be difficult as you're transitioning through these relationships, but that is, that breeds growth. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So, so yeah, yeah it shouldn't be compromised, man. Those, those should be your deal breakers. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And just to let the listeners know, this is a real life conversation. You might be, be hearing uh, my little man Carter crying in the background, but you know, it's mm. real life. So I'm just, I'm just putting it out there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, same thing here. Same thing here. Uh, the, the nanny's coming to get him in a little while. So yeah, the same thing is going on over here, brother. <laughs> Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So you talked about being in a marriage initially and that failing. And now, you know, just seeing what you're doing. And, and I didn't even mention your, your live um, mm -hmm. Instagram and Facebook, um, mm -hmm. the, the lives that you do mm -hmm. with your wife. You're in a successful marriage now. Mm -hmm. Where was your mind frame back then? Mm -hmm. And where's your mind frame now? And talk about your mind frame now in terms of why your marriage is so successful now, because I want to give people the keys, the elements that they can use to have their marriage that they're in or that they're leading towards yeah. um, be successful. So where was your mind frame back then? And where is it now? Um, you talking about in the beginning of the uh, marriage as, as, as far as back then is or post-divorce, pre-divorce? Well, comparing the two marriages. Overall. Oh, okay. So my, my, my mindset back then was that it, marriage was for me, if that makes sense. Like, in other words, marriage was supposed to serve me. Okay. Marriage was supposed to make me happy. I was supposed to get what I wanted out of marriage. Um, although I wasn't intentionally thinking that, my actions and everything else said that. Mm. Um, and... Um, I, 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 I think more so back then, one of the, one of the, the, the enemies of marriage, one of the nemesis of marriage, I guess, if for heroes like, and marriage was a superhero, it's nemesis would be selfishness. Mm. Marriage is everything opposite of selfishness. Marriage is giving everything of yourself. Um, I was on a, on a, uh, uh, actually filming content the other day, um, Jeff, and it amazed me how the government workers of, they, what was it? 35 days, 37 days that they were furloughed or yeah. 800, over 800,000 government employees. And really, and truly those are the real heroes. I, I promise you, like those are the real heroes. Cause imagine what it would be like, Jay, if me or you walked into the airport and there was no TSA agents. Mm. I mean, like for real, just imagine or not properly staffed. There would be lines out the doggone terminal into the, you, you, you understand what I'm saying? And then Absolutely. like flights would be all in the efforts or, or that there would be larger breaches yes. for foolishness to take place, right? Yes. Imagine if we didn't have our federal agents, our marshals on the planes, or like for real, without pay. And regardless of what happened, they still... Mm -hmm sharing with people that that's kind of like marriage you said for better or for worse for richer or for poor in sick sometimes in certain situations some people marry for better or best for rich or for richer okay yeah. <laughs> you know what i'm saying yeah uh, it fear because when things get worse right when when you get to sickness when you get to poor some people like yep i, I didn't sign up for this check out like for real. And I'm, I'm encouraging people to find out what marriage is all about long before you get into it. But the differences between the two, I think back then is that selfish piece from before and a, a combination of not having core values. And because all I cared about was the, you know, smash, you know, the, 
Mm-hmm. All I cared was about the sex, the physical part of the relationship. Right. Um, well, that was a high priority on my list, right? And it still is, but the, the, the way that I think about it is different, right? right. Um, now, there was a seven-year stint in between the two marriages, which okay. God gave God enough time to deal with me. And e, 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 E.T.'s always been the older brother that I never had. He was with me when I went through the first one and when I came out and I finally let him in. I was like, E, I can't do this no more. I can't do it no more. It's like, no, nah, you can, but you're just going to have to do it right. And so from there up until now, like for real, I had him in my life showing me how to do a couple of different things. And immediately those adjustments that I changed, changed the whole trajectory and dynamics of who I was in terms of relationship. Now, the second time that I did this, I had been walking and talking with God a little bit more. I'd always been a Christian, but I had not been a, let me not say that. I had been a churchgoer and not a Christian. Right. Because when you're a Christian, you grab hold to the practices, policies, and principles of Christ, right? And I realized that this institution called marriage is just a reflection of our relationship with him. Now, I know everybody's not a believer. So, yeah, you you understand what I'm saying? So, let me just, but, but what I will say for those who are not, you know, have some core values. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a, 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 a definition for core values that I saw the other day, and it was something along the lines of a system put in place for corporations or people that allow them to make decisions that work for them and not against them. And I just thought that that, and I'm paraphrasing, right. you know what I'm saying? Um, but putting those in place now in this before faith and I got together and I remember my prayer was like, Lord, I don't have the time or the patience to go through that again. Yeah. I, I don't have the time or the patience. And I know there's work for me to do as if, as far as it's rela- you, you know, relatable to you. So if she's not the one, then that's the prayer that I was praying, move her out the way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If she's not the one, let me do something that pisses her off or, you know, piss me off. However you decide to do it, I'm not, yeah, I, I'm, I really don't care. But if she's not the one, then move her out the way. And I would pray that day in, day out, especially during the times when things were sweet. Because, you know, sometimes the chemistry will fool you into thinking Absolutely. chemistry is an adequate enough foundation for you to build marriage on. And it's not. It's not. No. You know, it's, it's not chemistry. It's compatibility. And mm-hmm. so I would watch her navigate through difficult situations, the both of us together. And I'm like, oh, okay. You know what I'm saying? Okay, yeah, good. Yeah. Core value, check. Yep, yeah. check. Now, granted, we had a couple of difficulties or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. But in every one, I was like, oh, okay, good. So she lined up with the core values. I would ask her about her core values. They lined up, right? And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. And God kept blessing and blessing until the day that I said, okay, let's, let's do this. Right. And I think that's the difference in between then and now we had chemistry, but we were not concerned about the chemistry as much as we were concerned about the compatibility because you know that they do these studies and studies say that those loving tingly feelings last for about two years, some a little bit more, some a little bit less. And then real life kicks in. So you married for two years. If all you got is chemistry, if all you got is, is sex, you're going to clash. And you're going to clash in ways that, oh, man, praise God for the animal assessment that we take in, in BU, right? Or as some would uh, uh, call it, the disc assessment. Mm-hmm. There's a natural side to you, and then there's an adaptive side to you. And when you start adapting in a relationship, when you take the assessment, it tells you that you want to lean more to your natural side. Why? Because if you have to adapt for an extended period of time, you're going to stress yourself out and then you're going to reach your breaking point and then boom, it, you're gone from there. You, you know what I'm saying? To blow up, you break up, whatever the case may be. Why? Because you've been trying to adapt and that's not who you are naturally. It's kind of like trying to put a square in a circle. You know what I'm saying? So that kind of thing. So I think that was the thing that really, or the difference in between then and now is the fact that I started being more conscious, more uh, intentional, a little bit more deliberate about who I was getting into relationship, who I was, being Mm -hmm. honest with myself about who I was, realizing that I'm not perfect, right? And there's some stuff that you do that can probably anger her just as much as she might have stuff that angers you. So constantly self-assessing, 
making adjustments and realizing that, yeah, we both have a role to play in this. And my role here is to serve you and to love you. You know what I'm saying? And I'll let you worry about what you want to do in terms of me. Yep. And that makes so much sense. We do have to learn to self-assess. And as men as well, we do have to learn to the, the give and the take. And there's nothing wrong with, I mean, that that's what really should be the norm when it comes to marriage is, mm-hmm. is being able to, to have that give and to have that take and be able to um, have those open conversations. And, and sometimes us as men, we, you know, we, we big up our chest. We, you know, we have this, this, this mandem type like you know but you know it, it's so important that if we're going to step into that area that arena of marriage we do have that self-assessment yeah. and also uh, the, the flexibility to be yeah. to, to have that give and have that take does that make sense oh no doubt the humility is big and i think for i i, I for most men specifically for West Indian men, we have yeah. to learn how to send uh, to surrender to our vulnerability. Say that a, again. Say 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 that. You, you got to repeat that one yeah. one more time. Yeah, I, I, I was saying that I, for for most men, for most men specifically our men, and I'm saying West yes. Indian men because I just know how we can be. Yep, yep. Um, we have to learn how to surrender to our vulnerability and mm. not our ego. Mm. Mm. You know what I'm saying? There, there have been times, and and I want to encourage the ladies who might be listening to Jay that when you know, if you're in a marriage or in a committed relationship, moving towards marriage, if a man comes to you, or you, let me not say that, if your man comes to you in a vulnerable state, like cherish that and create a secure environment for him to do that, mm. because he will come to you once. If you mess up, he'll come twice. If you mess up, maybe even three times, he may even come. But after that, if that, yep, it'll take a long time for him to surrender to vulnerability again. Mm. And I remember, you know, Faith and I, um, there there was one day, Jay, we were out somewhere. I I think I had gotten into, might've been a little bit of of a fender bender. Uh, We were in Manhattan. We had gone home for, to go visit and got into a little fender bender and jacked up the front of my, my fender. Um, just a little bit um, to the point where I had to take it into the body shop for them to fix it. Nothing too deep, but I was just thinking to myself, you know, sometimes you can be just be in your mind a little bit too much. Mm. Right. And I remember saying to myself, like, man, that's little picnic things. You know what I'm saying? That's little boy things. We don't do that no more as grown. You know what I'm saying? But not, not realizing that, okay, accident is an accident. It happens. You know what I'm saying? But just in my mind, and I was just like, it had rocked me. And I remember us uh, the, the day after taking the kids to Sesame Place and we were there in Sesame Place and I'm supposed to be enjoying it, but I couldn't shake that feeling of we were away on vacation. You know what I'm saying? We drove the car, you know? And so I just went to my wife and I was just like, babe, like for real, I'm not, I'm not feeling my best today. She's like, why, what happened? I was like, I just can't shake the, the whole accident thing yesterday you know what i'm saying the, you know just feeling like that's some little boy stuff and i'm grown and you know what i'm saying like she's like babe well you better shake it off because we hear at and i was just like i, I didn't get the you know what I'm saying the encouragement that i needed for right then and there and so i drew back and i manned up real quick and just powered through the rest of the day but sometimes you just need the reassuring word from the one that you claim to love for life to say, don't worry about it. It happens. It's a mistake. I don't love you no less. You know what I'm saying? Just because you, hey, it's just something that we got to take care of. You know what I'm saying? The Lord allowed it. You know what I'm saying? Whatever it is. Yeah. And yeah. I shared it with her later on. And she was like, I'm so sorry. I didn't know that. You know what I'm saying? Like, and so cool from then on forward. And that's what I'm saying about surrendering to the vulnerability. Cause sometimes it will mess up how you navigate through your marriage. Right. Mm. And cause women don't have no problem in telling you how they feel. True. Right. Yeah. Right. But when we got this, this hard shell on all the time, it doesn't allow us to connect emotionally. And that's mm. exactly what women need. They need love. We need respect. When they don't get love, they respond or react disrespectfully. When we feel disrespected, we react 
uh, unlovingly. And she continues to feel unloved and throw it back. And he continues to feel disrespected. And the cycle spins and spins and spins until somebody jumps off and says, okay, I'm either going to love you unconditionally or I'm going to respect you unconditionally. And we get things back on the reward cycle. But a large portion of that as husbands or as house bands is to be able to surrender to vulnerability, which allows us to connect emotionally. And then we get what we want in terms of the end result. So that's amazing what you just said. How do we, so you just spoke about that situation there where you had approached your wife and she's like, listen, we are, we're at this sesame place right now. Yeah, it's yeah. not time for this pretty much. How, yeah. how were you able to get back to that conversation? Because you just said it yourself that there's times that the man may open up and be a little bit vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And if she's not seeing it, you know, he may come back a second time. What? But the more a, a man tries and gets rejected, is the more he's not gonna come back. Absolutely. So how, where, where did you find that from, from within to actually go back and have that second conversation? It's a, it's a combination of, of different things. Uh, for me, I believe, Jay, um, one of them is I'm always in prayer. Mm. I mean, daily, daily prayer is a, is, a, is a definite thing. And sometimes when I can't get through, I realize that life happens in a 30, 60, and 90 day window. Just because Faith and I don't see eye to eye this week, don't mean we're not going to see eye to eye three weeks from now or two weeks from now or a month from now, right? And as we discuss a thing, I might say, God, for real, we're not seeing eye to eye. And if I'm wrong, then show me I'm wrong. Allow me to hear a podcast. <laughs> Allow me to read a book. Allow Jeff to call me and say something to me in a conversation. Allow me to watch something on TV, something that will catch my attention to think differently. If that be the case, if I'm wrong and I need to make the adjustment. And if that's not the case and that she needs to make an adjustment, then do the same thing for her. However, you know, you, you made her, you know how to get to her. Right. Mm -hmm. And then either what happens is I'll have an epiphany and I'll come back and say, Hey, I, I, I saw this or read this, I spoke to so-and-so and it caused me to think. And while I was thinking, I realized that we should go your route. Why? Because such and such and such and such. And I lay it out on the line for her. She's like, oh, okay, cool. Now she, and she respects that. So that's one part of it. You know what I'm saying? That allows me to, you know, and, and I think as I get older, I realize that because she's an emotional creature, she likes conversation. I mean, I'm a flamingo, you know what I'm saying? I'm a people person. So that don't come too, too, too hard for me. It mm -hmm. may come hard when we are dealing with issues of vulnerability, but as I, dive, I think, deeper into my relationship with Christ. I think that allows me to mature a little bit more, if you will. Okay. Um, and I think at the end of the day, I want growth more than I don't want to feel vulnerable, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And so because I want that more, I will, I will, I will sustain, if, you know, if that's, if that's the word that I want to use, the, the damage, if you will, I'll take the hit so that growth can take place. Mm. And sometimes, uh, like, like in, the, in that particular situation, what ended up happening was I'm a part of a marriage group and we read a book right now where I'm, I'm rereading because I read the book already, um, Love and Respect. And so we have these dynamic and transparent conversations. And I think I, I alluded to it. And then later on, she, had, she came back and she said, wow. She was like, we're like months after that incident and you're still, you know what I'm saying? And I was like, yeah, because I felt it. And she was like, well, let's talk about it. And we talked about it. And she was like, I'm so sorry. You know what I'm saying? And then we, you know, we grew, we grew from there. So, so yeah. That's big. I think it's so important that, you know, people really understand that piece of it. Cause again, just talking from the man's side, we often mm -hmm. shut down. So. Oh yeah. All the time. Yeah. Yeah. If we're able to find it within us that, you know, we are trying to have a conversation and we're not getting the results that we're looking for to have the conversation again, to be open enough. Again, you talk about the self-assessment being mm -hmm. in prayer, but whatever it takes for you to mm -hmm. have that conversation again, so you can really get your feelings off, uh, off your chest because otherwise there's resentment there. Oh man. And then the next time something happens, that wall is already there. The wall gets taller, taller. And that's when you snap, right? You just, right away and she's looking at you like what is wrong with you because that wall's been building up here's the here and it, it's so oh man it's so apropos to put it right here you 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 said resentment which will breed contempt right 
if I know anything, I know that there are four things that will take you to the divorce court, right? It is uh, criticism. It is that thing that you talk about, contempt. It is uh, defensiveness, right? And I'm telling you that this is the way that I'm feeling. Well, I did not, I didn't do, you know, you get all defensive when they bring an issue to you. And then the last one, stonewalling. Mm. We catch up in a little something and then we're not talking for the rest of the day. We're just real passive aggressive with one another. You know what I'm saying? One day, two day, three days to the point where you don't even know what you were arguing for in the beginning because you ain't talking to each other for so long. You forgot what you were even arguing about and that's unhealthy. And you go too long, especially with that contempt boy. Cause it, it, you know what I'm saying? Like for real, you, you, you said it a while ago when you, um, when you, uh, uh, what, what's the word that you used? Um, not contempt. Uh, what, what was it you just said? Resentment. Yeah. Yeah. But, but that will breed, you you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. It's a serious thing. Oh man. Absolutely. It is. Mm -hmm. You, in one of your blog posts, you talk about wearing many hats. It actually, in fact, it's titled, uh, 99 problems, but I had not one. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Where where you speak about the hats that you wear as a man and, Mm -hmm. you know, as a married man, you have children and a lot of people say, put my children first. But mm-hmm. in this article, you're really speaking about putting your husband hat or your wife hat on first mm-hmm. and, and being that spouse first yeah. before being that parent or anything else. Can you speak to that? Yeah. Um, I have, uh, I, I don't know, Jay, if you remember algebra class, if you're, you know, Whenever you're going through algebra class, you know, in order to get this, you know, answer, depending if you're working on linear quadratic equations, everything has a formula. And in those formulas, they have these things called the order of operations. So like regular math, they used to have, uh, what's it called? PEMDAS, please excuse my dear Aunt Sally, parentheses, exponents, multiplication, division. Um, You're taking me back now. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Or foil method, first two, outer two, inner two, last two. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And so there's always an order of operations. And for me, the order of operations is God first, spouse second, kids third, and then everything else after that. Um, And a lot of the times what we do is we want an end result. And sometimes, I don't know, we play these little base head games with ourselves, like thinking like, okay, this will be all right if I do. No, it's not. You're not married to yourself. You're married to another individual. And here's the funny thing. The individual that you're married to is a woman or you might be married to a male. You're wired differently. You ever hear men are from Venus, women are from Mars or however they want to say you're wired differently. So the way that you process information is totally different from the way. So you can't, you can't, you know, assume you know what I'm saying? Like, and me and my wife do it all the time. Like for, she'll say something and I'm like, okay, babe, You're talking in your language and that's fine. I'm not mad at you. I'm just saying that I'm not wired like you. So do me a favor. And she used to get frustrated. I used to be like, why are you getting frustrated? I don't, I don't talk your language. And I would do it too. I would say it like, how you don't, I don't understand how you don't, she don't understand because she's not male. Okay. Case in point. My wife come out the shower. Like I'm like, yes. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? If I come out the shower, listen here, brother man, stop dropping water all over my floor. <laughs> you feel me? If right. we go into the closet and say we don't have nothing to wear. To me, that don't that mean I have nothing clean to wear. To her, that means I have nothing new to wear. Same situations, two totally different perspectives. Hmm. And that's how we are in marriage. So we have to be very careful. But what I realized is that sometimes I have a tendency to put work. We had a conversation uh, 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 towards the end of last year where she was just like, yo, you're spending time with the kids, but it's not enough. And I see you in that office. And sometimes past five o'clock when we come home and you worrying about what's being done, what's not being done. Meanwhile, the kids, and I had to find, here. here's the thing about listening, sidebar. Listening and that communication boy is real important because you have to find understanding and meaning in not only what's being said, but in the person who you're talking to. And at the time she was talking to me, she wasn't talking to me as my wife. She was talking to me as a mother. And she was saying, I don't want my children to grow up. You know what I'm saying? Without say, oh, daddy worked hard and he loved mommy, but we never really had a relationship too tough with him. No, she's like, no, you're not going to do that. You're going to balance this out and I'm going to help you put your, you understand what I'm saying? 
So I could wear the work hat. I could wear the daddy hat. I could wear the church hat. I could wear the spiritual hat. There's so many different hats that you could wear. But I'm saying that the most important hat out of all of this is your marriage hat, right? Your husband hat or your wife hat. And I'm saying that you should wear that just as much as you wear any other hat or even more than you wear any other hat. Because truth and truth be told, if that falls apart, everything else falls apart. Yeah. You, you, yeah. Your business could be riding sky high, right? And I'm always telling people, Jake, count the costs. You know what it costs to have a, a divorce attorney on retainer? <laughs> a lot of money. You got, ch- how many children you got? Oh, three? Oh, you know what that's going to be in child support? Oh, okay. you, you feel what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Count the cost. And that's the reason why, uh, 90, yeah, yeah, 99 problems, but a hat ain't one. I'm going to wear that. Mm. Just as much as I wear any other hat, if not more. Why? <laughs> you, mm. You're going to find that uh, uh, you're going to have some money problems in a mm. minute. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, man. So how do you find that balance? So you have the marriage hat, you have the father hat, and you specifically, I know you have the business hat, and I think we wear the same hats in terms of just trying to uh, push the message for you. It's it's having successful marriage and and becoming your best self, and of course the marriage hat and the the, the children hat. And we know how important it is to make sure our, our, our spouses are doing well. We know how important it is to make sure that we are in our children's lives. Um, the, the importance of that. However, for me, I could say that the, the, the business side of things, for me, I really want to push that because I know that can help to change the lives of my family, mm-hmm. right? The, the more, and it's not about money, but the more money you're able to make or, or the more you're able to kind of um, create something is the more um, it can better the lives, right? Your family, mm-hmm. whether it be you know, we can do more family vacations mm-hmm. um, and create more memories. We can, yeah. you know, I can now prepare for their, their schooling in the future. And mm-hmm. so that's what has me pushing and hustling. So, you know, speaking from Jeff, you know, I know that the balance for me is difficult at times because I know why I'm doing the business side because it's for them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But I, I, I would imagine that sometimes it's not necessarily viewed as that, as, as for them. Absolutely. I'm asking you for me, not for the listeners. This is for Jeff okay. Martin. <laughs> Jay, let me let me say this to you because I'm a believer, right? I don't I don't have a tendency to over spiritualize things, if you will. Mm-hmm. Spiritualize things, we kind of make this this disconnect between what's what's theory and what's you know what I'm saying being a practitioner. There's a disconnect in there. But I can't under-spiritualize it either because I have to, it's the context in which believers operate in. And I've, I realized that, number one, I have to be a good steward of what God blessed me with. And one of the things, and when we think of good steward and what God blesses us with in terms of being a good steward, we always go towards money. But God blessed me with a wife. Absolutely. He blessed me with three beautiful children. He blessed me with a home, blessed me with a car, blessed me with resources to be able to do. And I have to not be a good steward of one. I have to be a good steward of everything, money included, right? And so with that being said, it can't always be grind, 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 because then I would be a good steward of my talents. I would be a good steward of work. But what about all the other things that he's blessed me with and all the things that have life? If you don't feed them, they will die, relationship and marriage included. Right. So sometimes I have to understand, like, for real, during my worship time, okay, God, these are the things that I have. These are the things that I want to do. And I realize that if I'm a good steward of the things that he blessed me with, he will then in turn bless me exceedingly and abundantly above all I could ever ask or think. Why? Because I'm putting his business first. Like money ain't it's a resource. It allows us to be able to take the vacations, to go and do the things that we want to do, to live comfortably, if you will. But that should never be my one and only focus. And I think I'm transitioning now where money's important, but it's not as important as it was to me for a number of reasons, for the conversations that I've had with faith or my morning worship periods where I'm just like, 
for the, the, the emails and the letters that come in where set, that's, that say, you don't even know what you did for my life. You don't, you, you, you uh, well, I got one call from Germany the other day. Like sometimes you, when you, when you don't get what you think you should get within the time frame you think you should get it because of who we are and because of the whole microwave mindset that we got, if it don't happen within that time frame, then we, uh, we start questioning, should I really be doing this? You know what I'm saying? Like, am I doing what I, what, what God wants me to do? You know, and then you, you start looking at other things and then you'll get the reminder. You'll get that email that comes in from Germany. You'll get the yeah. one that comes from some remote part of the world. Like, you don't even know that, you, that the stuff that I'm doing through you, you don't have to see it. At those moments, that's when you're trying to be God. You ain't God. Sit down and just continue doing what he told you to do. Take care of the family and not just financially, emotionally. Yeah spiritually you understand physically hug them up kiss them up you know what i'm saying and sometimes you might have to get them to belt clap you know what i'm saying <laughs> they don't know how that go already yeah you know he doesn't know when they, yeah i got a six-year-old who feely you know every now and then he you know as they say in jamaica you're smelling your front you, <laughs> you have to deal with the case you know what i'm saying but right. but but for real there, there there needs to be a balance and it can't lean only to the grind we yeah, God knows. He put the desires on your heart for you to want those things. Yeah. You feel me? But like for real, sometimes you gotta be like, you know, when she come in there, she's like, Yeah, here's the funny thing. You're not even being productive. Yo, she told me that's just nervous energy that you got. I was like, Oh, flesh and blood didn't reveal that to you. You feel me? Mm. Like flesh and blood did not reveal that to you. Like the fact that you sit in your office past a certain time because things ain't working out the way that you want them to, let God lift the heavy weight. You do your part and he'll take care of the rest. You feel me? And so that's what I'm realizing. I'm realizing that, like for real, that the, the, the money's important, but it's, it's not the most important thing. I think that whatsoever you've done to the least of these, you've also done to me. And you can't beat God at giving no matter how hard you try. And if you need him to get like, Lord, just please remind me. Remind me of why. And man, I tell you, this one chick wrote just recently, uh, what's today, Monday, just last week, she said, I was in a relationship, it became abusive. And what your video said to me is that I have the right to choose what's good for me. Mm. I mean, as she ran it down, it was long. And she wrote it all in Instagram. You know, you could, it was long. It was long, Jay, in the Instagram message. And I'm just, wow. You know what I'm saying? Like scrolling yeah, up, reading. And, and, I'm, and I'm just reading in like, wow, God. Wow. Okay, yup. Back to the grind. Yup. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, man. Oh, man. I love that. Yeah. When I get messages like that, man, that's, that's really what shows, you know, you putting in the work. Sometimes it's not evident. Sometimes yeah. it's not evident, especially as you know, when you have the podcast, you have the cool. books or whatever, uh, oh. the YouTube clips. And, you know, sometimes you know the ego kind of steps in and we start looking at the, the views and the likes and the you know and that's not what we should be doing mm -mm. because it's messages like that that yep. really have you saying all right i'm doing god's work and here's the funny thing when you start focusing on that you impede the work yes you do but when you start focusing on the work that immediately goes through the roof yes it's amazing to me yeah you know what i'm saying so yeah man Mm -hmm. Oh man, absolutely. I love that. I love that. Um, you speak about immersing yourself and mm -hmm. you had a recent video where you spoke about your son going on vacation and he mm -hmm. just really immersed himself into the vacation has really enjoyed it. Talk about as a man immersing yourself into your marriage. Um, okay. Yeah. So, um, I was, I was in worship one morning and, um, while I was in worship, I came um, across this Bible text, right? And pretty much the Bible text was found in first Timothy, uh, four verse 15. And I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but I think it says, immerse yourself in these things, um, give yourself wholly to them so that all may see your progress or all may see your growth. Mm. And I sat there for a minute and I was just like, uh, what are you saying to me? And it had been, I think, a worship maybe that day or second day after we came back from Mexico. And, um, you know, for real, it, it, Nico just popped into my mind immediately. And it was crazy because, man, I, 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 I feel like I'm lucky to have him as a son. 
don't get me wrong. Nico got his moments and he will push you through the roof because the, you, you know, the boy them can be sometimes they can just be like so cantankerous. Yeah. We'll be downstairs trying to enjoy a, a movie or whatever. And they sound like a herd of cattle running across the floor upstairs. You yeah. Know what I'm like, and, and I don't know how a, a child who's like not even four feet, five, you know what I'm saying? Like for real, how they could sound, boom, 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 boom. you know, when they running across the floor, him and his brother, but needless to say, um, but for the most part, man, he is one of the most full of life children. Like we took him, man, we sitting where we're sitting on the beach, like we're sitting in the front row of all the, you know, and so the, the, the water's right there. Right. And Nico's down there playing in the water. I'm talking about big women passing by, you know, Jay, and they're holding his hand. Oh, he's so cute and talking to him. <laughs> And you see his hands moving and pointing back to the fan, like, and he's talking and that, like, this is not no two minute, like, hey, how you doing? And they keep rolling, like, they're really sitting there stopping and shaking his hand and holding on to his hand and talking with him. And I'm sitting there like, okay, God, I, I see a little, I see a little pimp in him. I like, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, yeah, we, we prayed about this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But all, jo all jokes aside, they're sitting there and having like, five, 10 minute conversations with my man. And then they off and then he's back to jumping in the water. He dabbing all over the place. I mean, like he's really enjoying this vacation. Then there was a area off to our right where, you know what I'm saying? The resort has their staff. They come and put on the, you, you know, when you go on the vacation, they do this. So they had this little limbo line. So I see him walking in front of me and he's walking away from, I'm like, Hey, where are you going? And he said, daddy, I'm going to the limbo line. Like, <laughs> you know, like, what do you think I was, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, what I'd be going. I'm like, oh, sorry, sorry. I'm, I'm the dummy, sorry. <laughs> so he went over to the limbo line, got on the line and limboed under, you know what I'm saying? And like, I'm like, yo, he is like, then they had this little dancing salsa class and, you know, they dance and those, you know, they have these little moves to start you off with. And he's over there doing the moves and he had been over there so long that eventually the whole family got up and joined the dancing class. Okay. And I'm just watching him. I went out on the jet skis. I took him. He didn't really like that too much. I remember coming home and we talked about the vacation. I said, did you like your vacation? And he said, no, I didn't like it. I loved it. And I'm just in my mind going over. I'm like, he fully immersed, even in the things that he did. He said, he said, I didn't like the jet ski too much, daddy, but if you're going, I'll go again with you. You know what I'm saying? Good. And I'm watching him like, the mind of a child and how they embrace life. No wonder why God says that, you know what I'm saying? If to enter into the kingdom of heaven, you must become like a child. And I see why now. So he fully immersed himself in this vacation. Even the stuff that he didn't like, he's at least tried it to mm -hmm. say, I tried it. Didn't like it too tough, but whatever the case may be. And I'm saying that in marriage, Jay, your wife likes to go to the ballet. And you not you saying you not going to the ballet because that's not your thing, you know what I'm saying? To the wife, I'm saying your husband like to go to the game every now and then. You saying you ain't going to the game because that's not your kind of thing. God forbid he run across a friend that's a female that will go to the game or somebody from the job. Oh no, I'll go with them. Yeah, that's all right. I don't. Let me tell you something. Immerse yourself into the relationship. There are certain shows that my wife watches that I'm just, it's not my kind of thing, but I'll sit down and watch it with her, Jeff. Why? Because she feels such joy and contentment and peace and love when she knows that it's not really my thing, but I will sit and watch it with her because it's, it's what you like. And because I value her, and because I value the relationship and because I value marriage, I'll sit down and watch it with you. And here's the funny thing. In sitting down and watching, there's this show that they're watching now called, um, oh, man. It's, on, it's a Netflix show that they're watching a series, you know? And mm -hmm. so I got caught up in the series. Not even my kind of thing, but I got caught up in the series with them. And I'm watching it with them. But what we do when we're together, when we're watching it in the time that we share together, Right? 
Some of us are missing out on some of the best experiences of your marriage or your relationship because you refuse to immerse yourself into the relationship. The likes and the dislikes, the, like the, the stuff that, that's not necessarily what you do, but your spouse enjoys it, you don't even know. Those are the times where you will miss out on some of the greatest moments, the greatest memories that you'll ever create because you refuse to immerse yourself. Mm, mm. Nico had the dopest vacation ever. Why? Because he immersed himself in everything. He'll always have that to remember. Mm. Yep. Mm, I love that. I love that. That makes so much sense. And I guess based on what you just said, when my wife listens to this podcast, I'm going to have to start watching some more Housewives with her beside her on the couch. So you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> and that's not even my thing because, they, like, for real, it, everything on the Housewives stuff, but sometimes that's what they like. Yeah, I get and, and it. Some, and and, and it, it even opens the door for opportunity for us to have conversation. And I'll ask, like, you know what I'm saying, babe? Like, yo, that's crazy that she would do that knowing. You know what I'm saying? I was right. like, man. And it, it, she, like, it opens up the door. Now I'll just make a comment and she may say something else bad. And before you know it, we in conversation. conversation. And, if, like, I, and I, allow, I allow God to be God. You, you feel me? And when he needs, when he tells her, ease up off of that. Guess what? She ease up off of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. I love it. I love it. You, man, there's so many things you said that we really could branch off and, and, and just talk about. And, mm-hmm. and I'd really love to have you back on so we can oh, do no doubt. more of that. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I'm very respectful of your time. I know you have a lot going on. So I want to mm-hmm. ask a, a couple of things um, as we close down here. First mm-hmm. and foremost, I want to thank you so much for everything that you're doing. Oh, can you man. share with everybody where they can find you and what you're doing? Okay. Um, my website is jquestgreen.com. That's J-Q-U-E-S-T. G-R-E-E-N.com. Um, if you want to link with me on Instagram, you can find me at quest underscore green. If you want to find me on Twitter, you can find me on Twitter at quest green. Um, and of course at Facebook. Yeah. Quest green. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And YouTube, of course. You got oh, your yeah, YouTube videos. I have, yep. I have a YouTube channel. So just open up YouTube, go to the search engine and put in quest green and it'll take you to my channel. And I got a number of videos out there. And of course, his podcast, wherever you hear podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts, please jump over. After you listen to this one, jump over and start following him on his podcast, Marriage Ain't for Suckers, where you're going to get a a bunch of information on marriage and successful relationships. Absolutely. And that suckers is spelled S-U-C-K-A-Z. Yep. Z, absolutely. Because it's it's just cool with the Z. That's how we do it. It's cool with the Z. Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. (laughs) Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Two things I want to ask you. The last, second last thing is, mm-hmm. this is my Oprah question. Mm-hmm. Oprah called me one day and I got this question from her. Oh, wow. <laughs> Not quite, but <laughs> still my Oprah question. Hey, just let me know where I can get in. <laughs> I'll get <laughs> in where I fit in. I'll get in where I fit in. <laughs> so Quest, yeah. what is it that you know for sure? What do you know for sure? What do I know for sure? Oh, that's a loaded one. I know for sure that God loves me. I know for sure that I love faith. I know for sure that I will do whatever it takes to make sure that they always have and are always taken care of. Yeah, those things I definitely know for sure. Amazing. Love it. Love it. Thank you very much for being that upstanding individual who is talking about and praising and, and showing the world that marriage can work because we know what the statistics want to tell us. And, you know, people are listening and saying, you know, I'm not going to go down that route, but you are an example, even though you've been through a, a, a example, a situation that, that didn't work out, you are in one now that is flourishing and you're standing and telling the world that it works. So thank you so much for, mm-hmm. for being that person. Oh man. God, uh, yeah. It's not me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. who. That's who really. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, and I know it sounds like I'm making joke, but I'm dead serious. If it wasn't for, you, you know, people say it as a cliche, but like really and truly for me, it's not a cliche. If it had not been for God who was on my side, I don't know where I'd be. Mm. Yeah. Likewise, I feel the yeah. same way. Yeah. The last question I want to leave everybody with. I want to give you one minute. You have an audience in front of you who is listening and they're having some issues within their marriage. As a man, they're struggling with their manhood and what society is showing them. And they really want, they have the desire to want to commit, but there's another side of them that 
is, is struggling. I want you to speak to that individual right now. You have about a minute and help them along their journey if you could. Yeah, to, to the married couple that is married and you know that you wanna do better and you're struggling, um, I want them to understand a couple of things that number one, marriage is not only, well, let me not say that, marriage is a divine institution. In other words, it was created by God. Right? When something goes wrong with your your Passat, you can take it back to Volkswagen. When something goes wrong with your Audi, you can take it back to Audi. When something goes wrong with your 5 Series, you can take it back to BMW. Right? And I'm saying that God is the manufacturer of marriage. And if something is wrong, you can take it back to Him. If you're, if you're desperate enough to see your marriage go to a place that it has never gone to before, I don't care if you never prayed before, I don't care. Just tell him what's on your heart. You want this marriage to work. And then look yourself in the mirror and ask yourself, what do I want for my marriage in this moment? Don't forget about what happened in the past. Forget about what happened in the past. Don't worry about the future because we don't know what's gonna happen in the future. What we can do is deal with the moment in which we are in and that moment is now. What is your marriage requiring of you for now? And supply for your marriage, whatever your marriage is requiring from you right now. Yep. Surrender to your vulnerability, like I said before, not your ego, right? Self-assess, fix your thinking, and now go ahead and make the adjustment. That's that good word. Thank you so much. And I will Thank see you all on the top of the next episode. Thank you. Yeah. Brother Quest, man, thank you so much for that. Thank you, bro. Thank you, bro.